Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about blogs and podcasts in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today in the studio in downtown Edmonton is Sharon Yo, the woman behind the blog Only Here for the Food and co-founder of the What the Truck uh, Food Truck Festival. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Karen. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Ignite Edmonton Festival, the ultimate gathering for entrepreneurial teams, creative builders, and change makers in our community. It happens September 9th and 10th at the Shaw Conference Center. Stay tuned for details later in this podcast on how you can get a deal on your festival pass. So, Sharon, tell me, why did you start Only Here for the Food? So after I graduated from university almost 10 years ago, um, I had a little bit more time on my hands and a bit of income. So I had always loved writing, and my friend then, Mac Mail, now husband, Mm -hmm. um, had already started a blog a few years ago, and knowing my love of writing, thought it might be an interesting way for me to practice that skill. So um, I started a a blogger blog, actually, and then eventually migrated to WordPress, but at the time, um, I wrote about kind of a little a little bit of everything television books commercials theater and of course food um, because I had a, a little bit more disposable income, um, I was able to eat out a little bit more. Um, I was able to cook on my own. I had the time to do that, so uh, I documented that on my blog. And um, eventually, uh, the food side of the blog took over things, um, and uh, eventually, it became only here for the food. I'm glad that you revealed the connection with Mac because I wasn't sure whether blogging brought you together or whether you knew each other and then he uh, encouraged you to get into blogging or or what. So that was a a thing that he said, hey, I do this and you should too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've known each other a long time, um, since high school actually, and he wasn't blogging um, from the start, but he got into it very early. He's an early adopter of many technologies and uh, blogging was definitely one of them. Um, But yeah, he's definitely been my tech support and my editor throughout this whole time. So it's uh, great having another person who understands the need to keep up with uh, consistency with the, with the writing. Right, because you are very consistent. The, it comes out, the food notes come out every week almost no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually we have to have a contingency plan if I'm going to be away for work or he may do it in my in my absence, but uh, definitely people are hungry for food news in Edmonton. So if they didn't come out on a consistent basis, I think there might be some emails waiting for me when <laughs> I'm back. So <laughs> That must be gratifying to know that people would miss you if you were gone, though. Yeah, I, well, and I think it just speaks to kind of the, um, the growth of the Edmonton food scene, that there is enough to post about on a weekly basis, whereas when I started um, nine years ago, there may not have been. Um, I haven't been doing food notes for that entire time, but eventually there, there got to be a point in time where there was, you know, new restaurants or at least um, new elements of the food scene, different events, things like that, that have uh, reach the critical mass that there is enough information to post on a weekly basis. So I think it really speaks to Edmonton's food scene and the, and the growth over the years. Yeah. And because you have such longevity, you've been able to see lots of changes over that time. How's the food blogger scene changed since you started? I think definitely since the beginning, the, the photos have increased in quality since the start. Um, I know that's not an area that I do very well. Uh, I'm still very much a point-and-shoot camera person, and now just with the phone and the uh, good quality phone camera. And Mac sometimes does help me take some nicer DSLR pictures. But, you know, from the beginning until now, I would say there's a huge improvement in the photo quality. Um, In terms of 
the food blog scene as a whole. I think as with any topical scene, there's ebbs and flows and, you know, people come into the scene and then they drop off and new ones come in and new ones and others drop off. And um, I think the interesting thing is there's always new voices and uh, new stories to be told. So whoever is telling those stories, they have a different perspective that um, should be shared and, and read and consumed. So I think, you know, even if it's not the same consistent writers, I think it's a good thing ultimately for Edmonton to have different voices that are telling the different food stories that need to be shared. I think that the restaurants have noticed what was going on and that there's, it seems like they're making a special effort to reach out to the blogger community. What's that phenomenon from your point of view? Yeah, I was reflecting on this um, over the weekend and it's funny, just over the last uh, nine years, there have been so many changes. So um, early on, um, in so it was 2000, uh, 2008, you may have to edit this, it might be 2009, now I'm going to have to check. <laughs> um, but we had uh, an experience at one of the Century Hospitality restaurants that just opened at the time. And at the restaurant, we were taking some photos of the interior and of the food as we always do and do now. Um, but at the time, it was still a fairly new phenomenon in Edmonton. Uh-huh. And the restaurant manager at the time was questioning why we were taking photos and what was our intention and what would we do with those photos. And I mean, we weren't attached to a legitimate paper media outlet. Right. So um, I think he was a bit suspicious of what our online um, online personas were. And so it's just an interesting starting point because you look at what's happened now and restaurants welcome the publicity. They want the online buzz. They want people to be saying, oh, hey, this restaurant opened and this is what I had and this is what it looks like. And a lot has changed in in a period of five years or yeah. so where, you know, everyone shares food on Twitter and on Instagram and checks in on Facebook and, you know, uh, writes an instant review on Yelp where that really didn't exist back then. So um, it's only a, it been a few short years, but the culture in Edmonton restaurants has changed to embrace that, that kind of attention online. Yeah, which opens up a lot of doors for the bloggers as well, right? You get to have more experiences than you might otherwise have been able to. Um, some free food sometimes. <laughs> sure, certainly, yes, there has been, there has been free food, yeah. Um, I know that's par- probably something that uh, some readers are skeptical of when they see the same post from multiple bloggers um, about the same restaurant opening and um, I think that that's probably a misconception that that kind of thing happens all the time. Certainly it does happen sometimes but um, in terms of its uh, effectiveness if it does happen as as you know every weekend or there are you know the same post basically with the same pictures I don't know if it would gauge people's attention as as um, it would if it were spread over a period of time or done over the life cycle of the restaurant, not just right at the beginning. Right. So um, it'll be interesting to see if restaurants continue to do this, yeah. um, the big media opening, the kind of the big invitation at the beginning, because um, I think there is some fatigue, especially at the restaurant opening. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that changes because um, that restaurant opening piece has only been in the last few years, I would say. And uh, We'll see, we'll see what happens in the next few years. Have you found yourself kind of making a policy about how, what you disclosed to your readers about what you got and what, what effect that had on what you wrote? Yeah, so I, I do try to disclose if it was, um, you know, a media opening or an invitation or the meal was covered, that we were guests of the restaurant instead of um, paying customers that night. Um, again, I, I tried to be 
as honest as I as I can be. And and I mean, the kind of honest truth is that most times those events aren't the best way to experience a restaurant because you know it's you know either you're getting really lavish service or um, you know kind of oversized portions sometimes and it's not really the the true experience that other people would get when they're at the restaurant. So any of those those posts about the the opening day um, usually have to be taken with a grain of salt anyway because it's not the genuine experience that most diners would get. Um, Again, they're just a, they're still a sample of what the restaurant has to offer and we appreciate the ability to try something before sometimes the general public gets to try. So I don't want to sound like I don't appreciate the opportunity to test it out. Um, But often, yeah, it's not the best representation of what the restaurant has to offer. What are your favorite kinds of posts to write? Um, I do, in the last few years, um, I've been enjoying getting to know the area's farmers and visiting the farms and learning about their practices. And um, I think those lately have been my favorite posts to write. I haven't been writing as much of them because they do take time to, you know, go visit the farm and find out a little bit more. But um, I think it's just finding out that backstory that's always really interesting for me. And um, so recently I had the opportunity to visit uh, the Irving's farm, which I've been buying from for years, but have never had the chance to actually see where the pigs are raised and where they run around. And, um, you know, it's a way to share some of the pictures that not everyone gets to see, right? Not everyone has the time or um, the ability to go and, and visit those farms. So I think those lately have been my favorite posts to write. You were involved in Eat Alberta and some other um, efforts like that. Do you think the blog opened the door to those kind of possibilities? Yeah, I think definitely it was a way to at least give people the awareness that events like this were happening. And because I already had a built-in audience of people who were interested in food, I think it definitely helped um, at least get the word out. Um, I'm not sure about the metrics of whether people purchase tickets and things like that, but um, it definitely helps to connect an audience with with an event like that. Um, Certainly, I'm sure in the early days of What the Truck, with knowing both Mac and I had avid readers on our blog, you know, to kind of spread the word out um, when we first started the festival, it was definitely a starting point that not all festivals have. And so I think, you know, we appreciate anyone who may have come out to the R events because they saw it on one of our blogs. You know, as as the festivals continue and um, I continue to be involved with them, it was always a way for me to show some of the behind the scenes stuff of Mm -hmm. what was going on. Maybe not everything, but at least kind of from our perspective as organizers, what we were looking at in terms of uh, infrastructure or the organization of the events, um, because as uh, as a festival attendee, you don't always get that, right? right? And so a blog is a way to share some of that if people are interested in finding out um, some of the things that go into planning an event like that. Tell me a little bit more about why you and Max started What the Truck. So we were in San Francisco in the fall one year, um, more than more than five years ago, and uh, we stumbled across a festival uh, that was taking place in a vacant lot, and it was their very first off-the-grid festival, which is their food truck gathering, and they had a number of food trucks, and they had music, and it was very, very lively, and, and we were 
we were very lucky to stumble upon it because it was just over the hill and we could hear all this commotion at the bottom of the hill. So we walked over and um, could experience our very first food festival. So um, when we came back to Edmonton, we thought, why couldn't we do something like this in Edmonton? Um, at that time, there were very few food trucks. Most of them were food carts or food trailers, but still enough to get going. Um, so in 2011, we gathered uh, seven of them in Beaver Hills Park for the first time and a few hundred people came out. And uh, since then, the food scene in Edmonton for food trucks has exploded. And uh, we will hopefully have 35 trucks at our last event this uh, September in Churchill Square. So how much credit do you take for the explosion in the food truck scene? I think we've just channeled it and organized it. I, I mean, you know, neither Mac or I are food entrepreneurs, and I don't think we'll ever be food entrepreneurs, <laughs> but um, we know what we can offer, which is, you know, putting together an event and, and helping to promote something good that's going on in Edmonton. So I don't think we can take credit for any of the amazing food trucks that are out on the streets now, but um, I'd like to think gathering a diverse number of food trucks at an event which has become quite mainstream and common, um, I'd hope that we contribute to the... Um, to other events thinking that food trucks are a great way of feeding their guests, trying to get as many diverse food trucks as possible instead of, you know, something that people would be comfortable with. We have a number of very diverse ethnic food trucks now, and hopefully it, it brings some attendees of festivals out of their comfort zone and willing to try something different. And yeah, think about food trucks as, as almost mainstream now, actually, because yeah. you see them at every farmer's market, at most outdoor events and, you know, block parties and, and different gatherings. So a lot has changed again in, in five years where they were kind of a novelty back then, and now they're basically ingrained in our uh, summer festivals. Must be a lot of work. Would you ever want to step away from what the truck and move on to something else or is it your baby? So uh, when we started it five years ago, it was just Mac and I and uh, the two of us kind of doing everything. And it was a great experience just to know what goes into organizing an event like that. Um, but now um, it's not just the two of us. We have a team of seven individuals and the intention is actually for us to step back at some point in the very near future. We've set it up as a nonprofit um, now. And so we have hopefully the, the structure that will give What the Truck as an organization the longevity and the sustainability to outlast us. Um, we think it's important, you know, even though it's our baby, for it to outlive us, right? And, and for anything of value to stand on its own um, after the founders have stepped away. So um, it is my intention, hopefully, to phase out next year. And we have very capable people to um, take on the reins. And uh, I'm very excited to see where these individuals take it. But I'm confident that they have everything they need um, to continue it on in the future. Oh, that is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to see it out this last uh, couple of events that we have coming up. But right. um, I think, you know, our team has, has the capability to take it into directions I probably can't even foresee now. So I'm very happy that we have a good, good group of people. What's the date for the one in September? So uh, September 11th is our last one of, of the season. And uh, as we have for the past couple of seasons, we will end at Churchill Square. So it will be our biggest food truck event yet with 35 trucks in Churchill Square um, with quite a number of new trucks that haven't joined us yet this festival. So um, if anyone was around for our May event in Churchill Square, uh, we had 25 trucks then and uh, a, 
we estimate about eight to 10,000 people who showed up over the course of the day. And so um, in preparation for a similar crush of people that we expect in the fall, um, we've implemented some changes, namely um, a ticketing system so that people will have an accurate idea of uh, when they stand in a line that they're confident that they will get the item um, that they have in mind. So um, we, we hope with some of these changes that some of the people who may have been frustrated in May when they came and encountered um, some of our lines um, that they may give us another chance and and uh, hopefully some of the changes we've implemented will make their experience better. You say on your about page that this is uh, your unpaid part-time job. <laughs> Would you like it to be your real job? Um, I really enjoy what I do in my day job so I, um, I think I'm content with this being my part-time hobby or my unpaid hobby um, and I think for me, anyway, I've always said that I think if it did become a job, I'm not sure I would have the same passion for it if it were something that were paid. I get so much fulfillment from my day job that I'm not sure I, I could give up one or the other. So um, I'm content to continue um, as it is now. And do you have plans for Only Here for the Food that are different from what you've been doing? No, I think I've been lucky in that uh, Only Here for the Food has allowed me to dabble in some of the events and contributing to Edmonton's festival culture that, again, I'm not sure if it would have happened if I didn't have a blog or it didn't help me kind of promote some of those other initiatives. Um, so I think if I am stepping away from what the truck, it might give me some time to work on some other things. And um, I think people will find out from about those on Only Here for the Food in the future. Yeah, that's a great benefit of doing it out loud. We get to follow you along. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear more about Sharon's local independent media diet. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Ignite Edmonton Festival, the ultimate gathering for entrepreneurial teams, creative builders, and change makers in our community. You'll hear from global leaders who are building great companies like Shopify, Salesforce, and Square. Plus, you'll get a chance to attend practical workshops delivered by local experts, including me. My session is on how to get media attention. There are lots of other great sessions that are delivered by great people. The Ignite Edmonton Festival takes place September 9th and 10th at the Shaw Conference Centre. It'll be worth your time and money, but here's an opportunity to make it even sweeter. If you have subscribed to the Seen and Heard in Edmonton newsletter, congratulate yourself because it's about to pay off. If you've not yet subscribed, there's still time. So visit seenandheardyeg.com and click on the newsletter link in the menu so you can get on my list. The newsletter you open will contain a promo code that gets you 25% off the admission price for the Ignite Edmonton Festival. Apply that code when you buy your festival pass at igniteedmontonfestival.com. It'll be great to see you. Sharon, tell me what local blogs you like to read. So I try to keep as up to date as possible, just especially for my food notes, because there are so many new food blogs that start all the time. Um, and actually most of those now come from Twitter, finding out new food blogs. I read Eat My Words by Leanne Falder, Bacon Hound. I really enjoy uh, Let's Omnom. Cindy has been doing a fabulous job the last year or so. She's been doing such a good job. There's probably too many to name. Those are the ones that come off the top of my head. But um, again, I try to keep my finger on the pulse and try to read as, as many food blogs as possible. I know one of the things that I noticed too in uh, doing the food notes for many years is that my information in the past 
at the beginning used to come from print media because there wasn't as many uh, food blogs active and up to date and Twitter um, wasn't as active as it is now with the Yeg Food hashtag. You know, people didn't necessarily break news over blogs or, or Twitter. Um, so now it's, it's completely flipped. And so I have to stay in the loop with, uh, with news that's happening on blogs and, and other social media channels, uh, or I'm not able to stay relevant and on top of things anymore. So yeah. that's definitely been a big change over the years. And is that your process is to... Um check in on Yeg food and see what's being said and who's saying it? Yeah, so I, I try to uh, check in as often as I can just to kind of bookmark things or make a note of things if um, people are, are talking about a certain thing or, you know, a restaurant change or things like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how that's grown over the years. And I, I would think if someone were traveling and coming as a tourist to Edmonton, if they could find out about that hashtag somehow to find out about some of the new things, that would be the best way to understand maybe some new restaurants or new new things that have happened in the city because um, it doesn't exist in every city or other cities have different ways of people to find out up-to-date, um, up-to-the-minute news. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see a tourist perspective sometimes if they were able to kind of get in through all of that information and find out some of the more uh, up-to-date information. What, what is your process? Do you, you come across something on Twitter and just tuck it away on a note somewhere and then come back to it? Mac will make fun of me for saying this. I used to write everything down on paper. <laughs> probably the most inefficient system ever because you can't actually take note of links or anything like that. Um, eventually it transitioned to uh, a OneNote system where I can actually copy paste and hyperlink easily. And um, so I have him to thank for that. Um, so yeah, I, I try to make a note of it. And then um, in the larger context um, of what's going on, if there's a comment to be made or something, then I, I will do that. But yeah, basically everything goes into a file. And then um, on Mondays when I'm putting it together, I sort through that file. What advice would you have for someone who wants to do what you're doing? I'd say start, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. And I'm sure most bloggers have, uh, you know, at the beginning, they probably post more often than they do over the course of the blog's lifetime. But I think some sort of consistency, whatever that is for, for that person, if it's once a week, if it's, you know, once every two weeks, at least to have some fresh content on there every now and then. Um, and I think, you know, in order to find your voice and what you want to write about, you have to write about a lot of different things. And, and I know for me, that was true that I wrote about a lot of different things before I really landed on food as the topic of choice for me. So even if folks want to start writing about everything, I think eventually, you know, it'll become obvious what, uh, what their niche is and, and, um, what they're most interested and most excited to write about. Because I think if you don't have passion or interest or um, enjoyment in what you're doing, it's very easy to give up. Blogging is work. Even if uh, it is a hobby for me, I know it is work and, and it's um, making time for it, even, even during weeks that might be busy. So it's easier to do that when you enjoy the process. Easier to do that when the other person in the house is also doing the same thing? Yes, that's true. Yeah. And <laughs> and I know, you know, while I'm doing my food notes on Monday, Mac is putting together his media Monday notes. So yeah, we certainly have an aligned schedule in, on certain days. The couple <laughs> that blogs together stays together. Yes. When you guys got married, it was kind of an internet event. You live out loud a little bit, right? Not everything I don't think we get to see, but you'd live out loud a little bit. What was that like to have that personal moments of your wedding out there shared by a whole bunch of people but some only some of you whom you know yeah I don't know if we would have done it any other way and um I 
I think about that day and, and I'm so grateful that we were able to have um, so many of our friends and family involved in that day, but um, because it was also just a celebration of what we love about the city, I wanted other people to be able to do the same and not feel like they have to, you know, have limitations to um, expressing their love of the city. And, and I know we were very grateful and appreciative that we could have a small wedding and be able to, you know, invest our, our, um, our wedding into vendors that we love. It was just a way for us to kind of appreciate some of the restaurants and some of the vendors and some of the people that um, we've grown to, to know and respect very much and um, kind of have them celebrate alongside us. So, um, you know, for other people to maybe consider them as, as other vendors or other special occasion opportunities was uh, one of the objectives, I guess, of, right. of sharing some of that information. Yeah. Well, it was a great read and beautiful things to see. Thank so you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for talking to me today. Be sure to visit Sharon's blog at onlyhereforthefood.ca and follow her on Twitter at Sharon Yeo, S-H-A-R-O-N-Y-E-O. Uh, you can get details on future What the Truck events at whatthetruck.ca and follow it on Twitter at whatthetruckyeg and on Facebook at whatthetruckedmonton. Links to all of this and Sharon's recommendations and wedding pictures will be in the show notes at uh, seenandheardyeg.com and subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com so you can get a heads up on when the next podcast is ready and catch my weekly roundup of great blogs and podcasts in Edmonton, which I put out every Monday because Mac and Sharon told me to be consistent if I'm going to be blogging. I'll be back in a week. <laughs> Thanks for listening.